بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد To continue with our series on the hikam, the aphorisms of Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari with the commentary of Gangohi the next one, he says, Ibn Ata'illah says, it's hundred, it's a uh, hikam, uh, it's the hundred and one, number hundred and one. Mata aw hashaka min khalqihi, fa'lam annahu yuridu an yaftaha laka bab al-unsi bihi. Mata aw hashaka min khalqihi, fa'lam annahu yuridu an yaftaha laka bab al-unsi bihi. When he alienates you from his creatures, when he makes you feel aloof from his creatures, not wanting to be with them, then know that he wants to open for you the door of intimacy with him, the door of companionship with him, the door of familiarity with him, comforted, being comforted by him. There's two terms that are being used here and being juxtaposed or contrasted. And the first one is wahsha. And the second one is uns. So you have this uh, thing about wahsha and uns. Wahsha means when you feel estranged somewhere. When you don't feel in harmony, you don't feel familiar, you feel that it's all strange. So this is basically page 200 of the, of the book. So you feel estranged, you don't feel familiar, you feel out of place, you don't seem to know anybody, you don't feel comforted by them. So that's what you call wahsha. And the opposite is uns. Uns is familiarity being comforted, being familiar, being satisfied and being pleased and feeling comfortable there. So that's the opposite. So what he's saying essentially here is that whenever you feel that you don't want to be with people and you suddenly start feeling that, you know what, I no longer like to be with people. Like I have to be with people because this, we're social creatures so we have to interact with one another. But I don't really like to be with them. I'd rather, so if I don't like to be with them, that much is not enough because there's a lot of people who don't like to be with people, maybe even in real life. But then they go home or they're sitting on their phone or iPad or whatever and they're with many, many people otherwise. Or just playing games. They're not with anybody, but they're just playing games. And even that requires being with people today because you interact virtually. This is talking about when you don't want to be with people, but you feel most comforted by remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by making a few salawat, extra salawat, by making a bit more dhikr and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if a person feels like that, then he mustn't feel that, hey, this is strange. Or, well, it may feel strange, but the person must not feel that this is a bad thing. This is actually a good thing. Because a lot of people, to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to focus more on Him, Him becoming a priority, person gaining pleasure, more comfort in the, and familiarity with the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's not something always easy for most people because it's much easier to be with your own type. Another human being to joke, to laugh, to eat together, to sit together and so on and so forth. So this is actually a sign from Allah that He has opened up the door because Allah doesn't open up to everybody except those who want and who try and who make an effort. So know that this is one hurdle that you've passed. So, 
This is basically the sunnatullahi fi khalqihi. This is essentially the way of Allah. This is the divine order. That when Allah wants somebody to be closer to him, he will pull him towards him and make him feel estranged from others. Allah has that power. This is what everybody in the world likes to do when they want somebody to be with them. They try to attract their attention to them. Companies do that. People who love others do that. They want their entire focus to be on them. So they try to do various things to attract that attention and to... They like it when they're not focusing on anybody else. This is what you call love as well. This is what love that you want your beloved to be just focused on you. Likewise, company do this, companies do this, that they make you feel affinity towards them, your workplace and so on, so that you don't look elsewhere, that you feel comfortable. So if it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's the greatest thing that any servant can have. And this is the sunnatullah. This is the divine order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the world. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give familiarity and comfort with the remembrance of Allah to one of his servants, then basically he starts opening up himself to them in the sense of them understanding who he is, recognizing him, recognizing everything is coming from him and all benefits will come from him. And thus they feel that they can't benefit from creatures anymore in the way that they thought that they could do initially. Then they will start being in his service. They will feel comfortable in being his service, in his service, and they will also be inspired to remember him. So Allah will open up the doors for them to remember him in the right way. Now then what happens is that when uh, such a person spends a time doing that, his heart will become filled with the lights of Allah, with the nur of Allah. And that is when they will eventually start receiving the halawatul iman, the sweetness of faith, the sweetness of feeling the presence of Allah. And once that happens, then Allah wants this person to be of service to others. So he will then return this individual back to them, back to the people. A person will, after all of this time, however long that takes, it takes different times for different people. And this is essentially what the spiritual path is trying to get a person to do, to give that connection to Allah, to provide that link. And then once you're linked and the heart is filled with the right light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah returns, wants the person to go back to the people. Because now he's in a position where they can benefit from this person and he will not take anything wrong from them. He's been secured. He's no longer going to be influenced negatively by the people, but rather he's powerful enough that they will be influenced by him. This tells us several very big things. Think about it. For example, uh, Ibn Ajiba gives a really wonderful example. He says that when you're trying to, when you're trying to light a lamp, not, not an electric lamp, those just come on straight and that's it. But we're talking about the good old days when you're trying to lamp, uh, light a wick. Right? Or let's take a barbecue. Once, when you're trying to light a barbecue, initially... It takes a very long time. You have to actually protect it from wind, etc. to let it catch, uh, let it become kindled. Because in the beginning, even a bit of wind or whatever will keep blowing the flame out. The one that you need to let it spread first. But once you've protected it initially and you've focused on it, you've tended to it. And now, mashallah, the coal is all hot and they become embers. After that, it doesn't matter. Now, actually, you need the wind to come to, uh, to, to, to give it more heat. So after that, it's completely fine. 
So likewise with that lamp, initially you have to protect it. Once you've spent a few minutes and it's uh, gone through and it's caught up properly, then after that nothing will affect it. Now you can climb mountains with that thing. So similar to that, we have to be away from people. For it. That's why we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once, uh, uh, Allah has given us things like the sunnah of i'tikaf. One of the purposes of that is to minimize our contact with people during the right environment, which is in Ramadan, while fasting. So not only people, but also hunger. Because generally, i'tikaf, the i'tikaf the, the in the masjid, generally 24 hours, except the nafal i'tikaf, the other i'tikaf, the sunnah, etc., they will have to be with fasting. So this is Allah's way of teaching us how to, because to get anything, you have to focus and you have to cut away from everybody else. So whenever anybody who's looking for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you feel that now I actually feel more comforted by the remembrance of Allah than to be with others and to do things of the world and know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has intended to give you something. Uh, the benefit that they will get out of doing this uh, in this time of seclusion with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that it will be a time of the purification of the inside. The attractions, the distractions that you had of the world that you would like to tend to uh, and enjoy and spend your time doing, all of that becomes minimized. That then becomes replaced with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who then gives you gifts, spiritual gifts. So because of that, the light of your recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes brighter. And this is exactly how Allah subhanahu this is the way of Allah with all of his awliya. All awliya go through this. If you read the biographies, I remember reading the biography of Hakim al-Ummah, and there came a point in his time when he just didn't want to see anybody. He just didn't want to be in public. And it happens with everybody. This is that moment of that change. And he does this with anybody he selects, asfiya, awliya, etc. First, they run away from the people until they gain... Uh, despondency from people they know the people cannot help them and they become very strong in their reliance on Allah subhanahu their tawakkul increases numerous things increase and then after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them to go back to the people to benefit them uh, some of the shayukh they do this with their with their uh, with their students so mufti taqi uthmani who's so mashallah accepted today in uh, his, his sheikh had told him and his brother, Mufti Rafi, not to go in public and do any lectures for such a long time. Now, can you see how somebody who studies a bit here and there, uh, while mentioning in their biographies that they've, they've studied with the top scholars of the world, and they've sat with them maybe for a few days or something like that, visited them, right? And then after that, they start to want to benefit people without having actually recognized it themselves. This is why a lot of problems happen. We ask Allah to protect us from that. But rather a person who's actually focused, who's done, who's gained some recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, closeness to him, then Allah will force him and compel him to go out to benefit people anyway. That's why a poet says, تَحْيَا بِكُمْ كُلُّ أَرْضٍ تَنْزِلُونَ بِهَا كَأَنَّكُمْ فِي بِقَاعِ الْأَرْضِ أَمْطَارُ وَتَشْتَهِ الْعَيْنُ فِيكُمْ مَنْظَرًا حَسَنًا كَأَنَّكُمْ فِي عُيُونِ النَّاسِ أَزْهَارُ وَنُورُكُمْ يَهْتَدِ السَّارِي بِرُؤْيَتِهِ 
كَأَنَّكُمْ فِي ظَلَامِ اللَّيْلِ أَقْمَارُ What that means is every land that you get to, every place that you settle, every place that you alight in, they will be basically greeted by you. It is as if you are beneficial rain for every part of the world wherever you go. Eyes will just desire to just have a a wonderful glimpse of you. It is as if you are for the eyes of people, for the sights of people, you are flower. You are the flowers. And anybody who's traversing will now traverse by the sight of your light. Those who want to get closer to Allah, they will be traversing and on this path by your light. It is as if you are you have become the stars in the darknesses of the night. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of these people. May Allah make us of these people. Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi says to this one, to summarize his commentary, O traveller, if your heart cannot find solace with anyone except in the invocation of Allah, and you are terrified of creatures, meaning created beings, you'd rather not be with them, then understand this state to indicate Allah's willing intimacy for you. He is willing that you are intimate with Him and that He will keep you aloof from all things besides Him. Allah has taken care of you. It's like, you know, the hadith where it says that when you do all of the fara'id, the obligations, and you fulfill all of what you've obliged to you and then you start the optional things, then Allah will make you close and uh, you become a wali of Allah. It's almost like this is explaining that same idea. On the other hand, if your heart derives comfort from creatures and you become bored and terrified of solitude, an invocation. You just have to compare yourself like, how do you feel in prayer and in dhikr compared to doing something else? Then understand that this condition is a great loss and misfortune for you. you got a long way to go. We ask Allah for tawfiq. The next hikam that we have, which is 123rd of the main collection, is إِذَا أَرَادَ Ibn Ata'illah says, إِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يُظْهِرَ فَضْلَهُ عَلَيْكَ خَلَقَ وَنَسَبَ إِلَيْكَ إِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يُظْهِرَ فَضْلَهُ عَلَيْكَ خَلَقَ وَنَسَبَ إِلَيْكَ When he wants to show his grace to you, he creates states in you and attributes them to you. It's a very practical idea, but it needs to be elaborated upon to understand it. When he wants to show his grace to you, Allah when he wants to show his grace to you, he creates states in you and then attributes them to you. Now what does that mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to remember, he is the one who can do whatever he wills. He's absolutely got his own absolute volition, ikhtiyar and choice. There's nobody that makes any kind of choice for him. Allah says, لا يسألوا عما يفعل وهم يسألون They will... He is not to be questioned about what he does, but they will be questioned. And what that basically means is that in reality, you cannot question Allah for anything. He's not under any kind of law that you can question him anyway. So that it's not talking about being questioned in a court of law because that doesn't apply to Allah. In reality, you have no right or position or place to even ask him anything. Whereas they will be questioned. They will be questioned in a court of law on the Day of Judgment. Because law does apply to them right so they will be questioned 
Now, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done is that among His creation, there are three types of people. Allah mentions that in the Quran anyway. So you've got the one group who have um, committed many wrongs and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to punish them. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and of course, there, while we don't want to get into the whole Qadr issue here, these people Allah knows about from eternity. So He's designated them for the manifestation of various names of His. The Qahar, right? the Compeller, right? the Mighty One, the Muntaqim, the One who takes revenge. So those names are active names. They, they, they are, they're relevant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of what He's created. Right? That's why He has that name. Then It's not a redundant name. So there's an action that need. there's an active aspect of that. And what that means is, these are the people who've done wrong, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah, Allah actually says, showing that there's obviously a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will there as well, which is where you get the complication of the qadr and so on. Uh, so from Allah's perspective, وَلَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّكَ مَا فَعَلُوهُ As in Surah Al-Na'am. If your Lord had willed, they would not have done so. They would not have done this. Number two in Surah Al-An'am, وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا أَشْرَكُوا Had Allah willed, they would not have committed partners to Him. However, from their perspective, they will be taken to account for what they have done because they know they've done it with their free will. Nobody forced them to do it. So humans cannot use the fact that Allah knows everything and that He is behind everything and He gives power for everything to the fact that I, did, I, I, I didn't have to do this but I was forced to do it. Because you know that you have free will, you experience your free will and you do it accordingly. That's why uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear that Allah's position in this وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِظَلَّامٍ لِلْعَبِيدِ Your Lord is never going to oppress anyone at all. He's used the exaggerated uh, form here. Right? Allah will never, because it's in the negative, so he's saying Allah will never, uh, uh, w- w- um, will never oppress his servants. Likewise, وَمَا ظَلَمْنَاهُمْ Allah says in Surah Al-Nahl, وَمَا ظَلَمْنَاهُمْ وَلَكِنْ كَانُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ We did not oppress them, they used to oppress themselves. And anybody in their right mind will recognize that, that look, it was choice, it was a choice. So, that, that is the group that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has then... Uh, singled out for to express some of his signs, th- uh, some of his names. Then you've got another group in which who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses his uh, sifat, his attributes of halim, his being forbearing, his being clement and forgiving and so on and so forth. Rahim is another one that he applies to these people. These are the people who do some sins, who've committed sins. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them iman. They commit sins, but He's given them iman. So they are definitely entitled, worthy of being punished. They're deserving of being punishment. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used His clemency with them. And He's forgiven them. And He's entered them into paradise. So that's the second group of people. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a third category, سَابِقٌ right? Who do not do any sin. For them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... The names that apply in that case are Kareem, the benevolent one, 
the Kareem, the extremely generous and benevolent one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants his name of Kareem, Rahim, etc. Right? To, to be applied to these people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just creates in them, uh, has created in them the ability to, to be obedient, to do good for others, given them Islam, Iman, and given them adornment with that, they, that's what they love and that's what they do, and that's what they focused on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will enter them into his vast paradise, his vast gardens. And Allah will also give them the beatific vision that they will be able to gaze at his noble countenance. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants these people to do that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates in them. So now this is the point that Ibn Atayillah is making, once you've understood these three categories, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create in these people an ability to do various different good deeds. So these people will do a lot of good deeds because they're focused on, that, on those good deeds. Once they've done the good deeds, Allah will attribute the good deeds to them and say, Ya Abdi, fa'alta katha wa katha min al-khayr. My servant, you've done this good deed, you've done this good deed. And now I'm going to reward you for that. Now this is where it becomes the most critical point. How do they respond to this? Right? So he's going to say, I'm going to reward you upon this now. I'm going to enter you into the gardens with my mercy. And then you will basically start to ascend up to wherever your position is based on your deeds. So entry into paradise is through the rahmah then your deeds can decide where you, be, where you are in paradise. And your maqam now in paradise is wherever your actions end. Allah says, كُلَّا نُمِدُّ هَاُولَاءِ وَهَاُولَاءِ مِنْ عَطَاءِ رَبِّكَ وَمَا كَانَ عَطَاءُ رَبِّكَ مَحْذُورًا أُنْذُرْ كَيْفَ فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ وَلَلْآخِرَةُ أَكْبَرُ دَرَجَاتٍ وَأَكْبَرُ تَفْضِيلًا We, give, we bestow, bestow our gifts on these and these your lord's give, giving is not restricted but see how we give grace to some over others and it's in the hereafter it's the place of the high levels and the greatest grace then allah says udkhulul jannata bima kuntum ta'malun so amal does have it does have a place and deeds do have a place so how should our reaction be Everybody should have this adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So number one, we do not ever attribute anything lowly, demeaning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't imply and impute on him any sin, any disobedience, any wrong and any defect. If you do that, basically it means that shaitan has mis misled a person. فَلَا تَغُرَّنَّكُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يَغُرَّنَّكُمْ بِاللَّهِ الْغَرُورِ That let not the dunyawi world, the, the life of this world deceive you and let not uh, the gharur de uh, deceive you from Allah or about Allah which is the shaitan essentially. So anything good you have or that comes to you, any perfection that comes to you, any virtue that comes to you, attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And any shortcoming that comes, Attribute that to yourself. That's the adab that we must have in every deed that we do. If Allah is giving you tawfiq to sit here and do a bit of dhikr, attribute that to Allah and thank Him for it. 
Sahl ibn Abdullah al-Tustari rahimahullah used to say that Ida amil al-abdu hasanat Now listen to this Allah knows best where he got this from This is maybe his experience This is maybe just what his assessment is It's very interesting Because it highlights what we're talking about here So Sahl ibn Abdullah says That whenever a servant does a good deed And then he says Ya Rabb he follows, up in the thank, he follows up the good deed by saying, you know, like Allah has given tawfiq to bid a, give a bit of money in the path of Allah, to help out in the masjid, to sit and do some dhikr, right? To attend a good gathering, whatever the case is. He says, oh my Lord, bifadlika amilt. Only by your ga- ga- grace that I've been able to do this. Wa anta a'ant, wa anta sahalt. Right? You have assisted me in this. You facilitated this for me. Shakar Allahu Allah really, really, really is very grateful for this. He treats this with great value. That this person is actually associating the right thing with the right person, the right individual. That is coming from Allah and he's, he's figured that out. He's not been deluded by the shaitan or his nafs to think it's coming from him. So then he will respond by saying, My servant, Bal anta atart wa anta taqarrabt. No, no, you did the good deed. And you're the one who drew close. Allah will put it back on the person that Allah will value him by saying, no, no, it was your doing. Because you know, this person is not going to be deluded by this. However, if a person looks at himself and says, Ana amilt, I did it. I did this. I managed to accomplish this. Wa ana ata'at. Wa ana taqarrabt. I did the obedience. I was the one who drew close. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ignores this person. And he says to him, Ya abdi, ana wafaqt. Are you forgetting that I gave you the enablement to do this? I gave you the providence to do this. I assisted you and I facilitated this for you. Now likewise, if a person does end up doing a wrong deed, then this should be the reaction. He says, Ya Rabbi, if he's, this should not be the reaction. If he says, Ya Rabbi, anta qaddart wa anta qadayt wa anta hakamt. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi, he knows about taqdeer, that everything is under taqdeer, so he uses that. He says, Oh my Lord, you decreed this, you, de- you, you, uh, you demand this, you judge this and commanded this to happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gets very angry at this. And he says, Ya abdi bal anta asat wa anta jahilt wa anta asait. My servant, no, you've done wrong. You've acted ignorantly and you've disobeyed. As opposed to that, somebody commits a sin and he says, Ya Rabbi, ana zalamt wa ana asat. Oh my Lord, I've oppressed myself. I've committed oppression. I've done wrong. And I was ignorant. I acted ignorantly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns to that person. And he says, My servant, ana qadaytu wa ana qaddartu wa ana wa qad ghafartu wa qad halamt wa qad satart. He says, no. Oh my servant, I decreed it. That is what I predestined. But I've forgiven you. I've acted with benevolence, I've acted with perseverance, and I've veiled you. This is the nisbah that Ibn Ata'illah is speaking about, this idea of the nisbah. This is the attribution of what a servant should do. That when he wants to show his grace to you, he creates states in you to do good deeds, etc., and then attributes them to you. You shouldn't be attributing to yourself. Let Allah attribute it to you. So, Shaykh Abdullah Gungo, he says on this, When Allah Most High wishes to manifest His kindness and favor to a servant, 
he creates deeds and lofty states for the person. Now on the occasion of praise, he relates these good deeds and attributes to the servant. When he wants to praise him and say, you did this and you did that. Of course, if the servant could hear this, it would be wonderful. In reality, the servant's actions and choice have no role in his righteous state since Allah Most High creates these states in him. Although Allah Most High is the creator of these pious states, he relates the states to the servant who is then praised. Allah gives you those states and then praises you for those states. Thus, if the servant is intelligent, he will not become vain and proud when he is blessed with the grace of Allah Most High. Don't mistake this. It's like a father when he's got, or a mother, got a young child. And they want to teach them some good things. And they want to teach them that you get reward for good things. So they give them something like go and give some sadaqah. Like give them this money and then they reward them for it. It's to create a habit in them. So if a servant is intelligent, he will not become, become vain and proud when he is blessed with the grace of Allah Most High. On the contrary, he should be bashful and refrain from attributing any virtuous state to himself. And all beautiful attributes should be related to Allah Most High. Yet, evil and defects should be attributed to oneself. So we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to allow us to understand this well and to respond well with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's why Yunus Alayhi Salam, his dua is mentioned in the Quran. What is the dua of Yunus Alayhi Salam? La ilaha illa ant. Subhanak. Inni kuntu min al-zalimin. Confession. You know, people in the world love confession. People in the world, they're forgiving if you are willing to say, yes, okay, I made a mistake. Uh, it's just a human idea as well that if somebody, it's, it's clear who's done this and they don't say it, people get angry because of that. You'd probably get more mercy if you just confessed and sought forgiveness. People love forgiveness. Human beings love forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves forgiveness. Uh, Allah has given us from some of his character traits, some characteristics. So that's the best thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just to understand that we're wrong. And that takes away arrogance. Because we can only think you're right. And you didn't do any wrong if you have arrogance and you have self-reliance, which are all sins of the heart anyway. So sins of the heart need to be erased for this kind of thing to work for us. We ask Allah for tawfiq. اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام وتباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام <تصفيق> اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان <تصفيق> لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين يا معدن الجود والكرم يا أرحم الراحمين يا خير المسؤولين يا خير المعطين يا الله we ask you for your special mercy we ask you for your grace. We ask you for your generosity. Oh Allah, we ask you for your forgiveness. Oh Allah, purify us. Oh Allah, make us worthy of your remembrance. Oh Allah, make us of the thankful ones. Oh Allah, purify our hearts. Oh Allah, forgive us our sins. Forgive us our wrongdoings. Forgive us our shortcomings. We have many, many shortcomings. Oh Allah, we are confessing sinners. Oh Allah, you do not have to establish a proof against us. We are confessing sinners. O oh Allah, we are confessing wrongdoers. O oh Allah, we ask you that we have no other Lord to go to. The only Lord we have is you. Ya Allah, and you are more than sufficient. O oh Allah, you don't decrease in any way by forgiveness. O oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us. You give us that which does not decrease you. 
Oh Allah, we are, we are in need of you. Oh Allah, we are dependent upon you. Oh Allah, you have given us tawfiq to do many good things. Oh Allah, we ask you for tawfiq to do much more. Oh Allah, you have given us so much more than so many other people in the world. Oh Allah, both from a religious perspective and from a worldly perspective. Oh Allah, bless us in what you have given us. Do not make it a source of burden for us. Do not make it a source of punishment for us. Do not make it a source of delusion for us. And do not make it a source of distance for us from you. Oh Allah, draw us closer to you. Grant us your love and the love of those whose love benefits us in your court. O oh Allah, allow us to do those deeds which satisfy you, which you are pleased with. Protect us from deeds that, that, that protect us from deeds that do not satisfy you. O oh Allah, make such deeds hated in our hearts so we avoid them. O oh Allah, make your obedience beloved in our hearts so that we want to do them. O oh Allah, whatever good that we do, increase our good and enhance it and give us sincerity and ikhlas. O oh Allah, the shaitan sets traps for us at all stages. O oh Allah, we ask that you protect us from the mischief of the shaitan. You protect us from the mischief of the shaitan, especially on our deathbed. O oh Allah, and that you grant us the kalima la ilaha illallah as the final words. O oh Allah, grant us a pleasant death. O oh Allah, do not give us a sudden death, a sudden destruction. O oh Allah, grant us, do not ever let us be dependent on others. O oh Allah, enrich us from your mercy, through your greatness, through your abundance. O oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allow to us to walk in his footsteps, follow his sunnah, to love him, to represent him properly, and to spread his words. O oh Allah, to spread the deen. O oh Allah, we ask that you remove the persecution, the oppression around the world. O oh Allah, you do, not, you, you do not make us a source of oppression of others. O oh Allah, those who are being oppressed, we ask that you grant them the respite and delivery from this. O oh Allah, you help us, you help the ummah, you assist the, us and make us worthy of this help. O oh Allah, make us worthy. O oh Allah, the, whatever good deeds that we do, we ask that you accept them. O oh Allah, they're all, all from you. We ask that you accept them despite our shortcomings and weaknesses in this regard. Accept us all for the service of your deen. Accept us all for the service of your deen. O oh Allah, we, whatever obstacles we may have in our path, whatever challenges that we have, O oh Allah, we ask that you remove those obstacles and allow us to be successful through the challenges. O oh Allah, accept our du'as. Bless all of those who sit here and who listen. O oh Allah, bless the entire Muslim Ummah. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.